0: That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to that Sober Guy podcast where we talk about drugs, alcohol, recovery, and help people stay sober. We also like to have some fun, have a good time. There's nothing worse than being sober and being boring as shit. Nobody wants to do that. Now, I'm going to warn you uh, pre-start today before we get rolling. I'm on my period. If men can have a period, I'm on it right now. So bear with me through this as we roll on through. Jess and I were supposed to do a podcast um, two nights ago, I think, and it didn't end up happening because I was being a dick. And uh, So now I'm on the solo. So we're going to get the Jess back on. Uh, here in the next couple of episodes, we'll we'll have a little chat. We'll share some stuff on that note. But for today, I'm riding solo and uh, be sure to check us out at ThatSoberGuy.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram at RealThatSoberGuy, and on Twitter at Shane Raymer. Uh, every year, 23 million Americans are suffering and living with addiction, but only three million are seeking the help they need. Let me tell you about Heroes in Recovery. Heroes in recovery has a simple mission to eliminate the social stigma that helps people with addiction and mental health issues from seeking the help that they need. Uh, Heroes also share stories of recovery for the purpose of encouragement and inspiration and uh, helps give back to the community and get people involved uh, and live healthy, active lives. Uh, They're here to break the stigma surrounding substance use and mental health issues. Now, do you have a story? If you do, you can help bring truth and hope into the spotlight by sharing it with Heroes in Recovery. To learn more, go to heroesinrecovery.com slash guy. That's heroesinrecovery.com slash guy. Or you can call 833-81-SOBER. That's 833-81-SOBER. What else? We got lots of stuff today. I feel like we have a, a quite a few announcements today before we get into... Uh, some of uh, some of the content. Um, We have some live shows coming up. Let's talk about that a little bit. We're going to be first off, we'll be at the innovations in recovery conference. That's April 16th through the 19th in San Diego. That's at hotel. Del Coronado we will be podcasting, spreading the good word of recovery, um, having a good time, of course. And uh, we're really looking forward to that. And I just want to give a big thanks and a shout out to Carly and the whole foundations team for their support. Uh, they're so great to work with and, you know, we, we have a very open relationship where we can, uh, talk about recovery, talk about, uh, what's going on in the community of recovery, whether it's heroes, Foundation, sober guy, uh, just keeping that open line of communication open and being real about stuff. And I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, so I just want to say that it's really great to work with them and thank you Carly, uh, for all you do and helping us, um, you know, Come down to San Diego, share information, create content, meet some good people. You guys are awesome. If you want more information about Foundations Conferences, they do a couple of them throughout the year, you can go to foundationsevents.com and you can get some more information there. Now, if you're in the Solano County area uh, or, or the surrounding areas, even Sacramento, the Bay Area, uh, check out the Journey Coffee Fun Run. That's March 9th at 9 a.m. at Journey Coffee in Vacaville. Um, there's also a health and wellness fair going on the patio uh, where some local businesses with a focus on health and wellness will be showcasing their businesses, sharing samples, giving away prizes, answering any questions. That Sober Guy podcast will be there. We'll be hanging out. Uh, we, we may be dropping some podcasts, uh, talking to folks around there about health and wellness, about recovery, about living a, a, a positive lifestyle. Um, there's also some other great businesses joining the fund the lineup includes um uh, let's see fitness co fitness coalition uh fleet feet eco chic uh little sweet pea cookies and milk that sounds good some cookies and milk right now shoot I want dude I've been crushing some Girl Scout cookies anyone else been crushing some Girl Scout cookies I got into the thin mints the other night I said I'm gonna have two of these. Yeah, the whole row was gone within an hour, and the whole box was gone an hour after that. So you know how Daddy gets down like that, son. The Girl Scout cookies, man, they're so good, but they're tough. Who else is going to be there? Blurs, uh, uh Blurs. Bliss Urban Art Center. And we know Bliss because Lucy has done some... Uh, uh, the holiday performance, hip-hop. I think it's called a hip-hop holiday. And, uh, man, she had a good time doing that, so it'll be cool to see uh, uh, Bliss Urban Arts Center out there. And Faye, what's up, Faye? If you if you ever check this out, you listen to this, saying what's up to you. And uh, let's see, what else? We got Ebb and Flow Yoga Studio. We got Rock and Jump Vacaville. Uh, Vacaville, Rock and Jump. Man, we take the kids there, jumping around on some big-ass trampolines, keeping them busy, tireding them out. Is that a word, tireding? trying to tire them, tire them out. And of course that's sober guy podcast. So it'll be fun. We'll be on the back patio having a good time. Once again, that's March 9th, 9am journey coffee in Vacaville. And then in addition to that, we just confirmed uh, live dates for shows at journey, um, throughout the summertime. So we have April 6th. I think these are all Saturdays. We'll be doing live podcasts there. So if you're in the Solano County area, once again, Vacaville area, Sacramento Bay area, you want to come out, hang out, uh you know, get, we usually open up a live Q and a, so we, we definitely talk and have a good time. Uh, we'll be doing that. Those dates are April 6th, May 11th, June 1st, July 6th and March, or I'm sorry, March, August 3rd. Uh, and there'll be more to follow. We'll, We'll be sure to post those as they come up every month. Um, you know, we, we don't have guests yet. I'm sure we'll have some guests. Uh, we'll have some specific topics, but I just wanted to, uh, to uh, uh, open that up a little bit and let y'all know. So if you do want to put it on the calendar, feel free. That's April 6th, May 11th, June 1st, July 6th, and August 3rd at Journey Coffee Live, that Sober Guy Podcast. Um, Other announcements, what do we got? Uh, this, This next week, we have New York Times bestselling author, journalist, podcaster, speaker, publisher, and of course, friend Anna David coming back on the show to talk about her new book, How to Get Successful, by fucking your life up stories of addiction and recovery. So we're going to talk to Anna. Good to have her back. We'll see what she's up to. We'll talk about the book, of course, and, uh, should be a good time. That'll be next week. Uh, next week's show. Um, I wanted to mention, uh, Brody Stevens, uh, Brody Stevens was, uh, a comedian, um, very much loved in that community as a comic and as a person. Uh, he loved baseball uh, no, he was loved by all of his family and friends and, uh, unfortunately passed away. Um, uh, just, uh, I think a week or within the last couple of weeks, um, you know, he left a huge impact on the comedy community. I didn't know him personally, but I do know a couple of folks who did know him and, um, just talked about what a great guy he was. And so if I didn't know him, why am I bringing this up? Well, number one, you know, anytime something like this happens, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's real, you know, and this, this kind of stuff happens every day to people all across, uh, the United States and the world at that, um, you know, Brody took his own life and, uh, man, it's, it's just a sad thing. Mental health and those, those demons, man, you can think everything's going cool. And then all of a sudden, boom, it can pop up and, and it can get you. And, uh, so I just wanted to uh, pay a little respect to him and, of course, all other people out there who are struggling right now with you know, maybe the loss of a loved one or maybe you've had something similar like this in your family or a friend who has uh, taken their own life. Uh, if you or a loved one need help or you're struggling with thoughts of suicide, please reach out. There's hope. There's help. Uh, we love you. Your family loves you. And uh, tomorrow's a new day. I just want to point that out. Tomorrow is a new day. So this too shall pass. Whatever it is you're going through today. This shit will not last forever, I can promise you that. And that goes for the good times too. That's why we got to enjoy it. This life is short, okay? So, you know, really got to live with the attitude of gratitude. As cheesy as that shit sounds, it's really true. You know, wake up every day and be happy that we're, you know, that we're able to breathe. And if we are going through some shit and we start feeling those dark demons coming in, you know, that there's places, there's people that love us and there's people that can help. Uh, You can call. Call a friend, call a family member first. And if you don't have that, you can call the national suicide prevention lifeline and you can talk to someone there. The lifeline provides 24 seven free and confidential support for people in distress, uh, prevention and crisis resources for you or somebody you love. Let me give you that number. It's 1-800-273-8255. Once again, that's 1-800-273-8255 rest in peace, Brody Stevens, um, Man, and uh, you know, it's a sad thing, but that's why we're talking about it. It's it's not something that people enjoy to talk about either. But uh, you know, the more light we shed on it, the more real we make it, the more awareness we help spread. Uh that's how even if we just help one person out there, that's really what it's about. So I have a lady changing subjects here, shifting gears. Okay. I have a lady that lives near me. I usually take Brody out in the mornings to walk. Uh, walk around the block. I'll even walk up. There's a, there's a hill here called Wyckoff. It's a big ass hill where all the rich people, all those rich fuckers live up on the hill up there. (laughs) So I'll take them up. I'll, I'll walk them around and, you know, get uh get a little exercise in. And when I'm walking down the street, there's a lady that lives a couple blocks down. And every morning when I walk, I see her out there and she's got this, she's like a character out of a Saturday night live or a, um, mad TV skit. That's who she reminds me of. And she wears this pink robe, long pink robe, and her hair is usually messy because it's early in the morning. You know, wouldn't expect anything less. She's got glasses. And as soon as, as soon as her dog, she lets her dogs out in the morning and she smokes her cigarette out on the porch. And as soon as she sees Brody, as soon as her dogs see Brody and me coming down, they start barking. And every time I can hear her out there, <laughs> shut up, God, shut up, stop, stop it, stop it right now, stop. stop, and she's got the cigarette bouncing up and down out of her mouth with her pink, looks like uh, uh, animal cookies color, pink robe, that's what it reminds me of for some weird reason, I think of animal cookies, the pink ones, but she's got the robe on and she's yelling at her dogs and she's got her cigarette bouncing up and down out of her mouth. And, uh, and, and she's telling the jogs to, to shut up. And Brody's just kind of looking like, what is going on over there, lady? And, um, so I walk by and I'm kind of looking and I'm like, man, I kind of had this realization like she's not yelling. This is just my weird ass mind working. So this may not make any sense at all. I hope it does. My apologies in advance. If it doesn't, my mind starts going to. She's not telling the dogs to shut up because she's worried about the dogs barking. She's telling the dogs to shut up because she's embarrassed of how it makes her look that her dogs are barking while she's out there in her pink robe smoking her Doral or Virginia Slim. Whatever it is, I have no idea. What's the point to the story? I don't fucking know Otherwise, uh, other than it was kind of funny to see it every morning. And and I just wanted to talk about it. I wanted to get it off my chest. I had to talk about it. Lady, calm down. I don't care that your dog's barking. My dog barks too. Let low. And you should probably quit smoking because it's terrible for your health. Now, I got a couple cash stories for you as well. Okay. The first one is is a serious one. I thought it was great. A four-year-old articulated this and I don't even know. Um, well, I was going to say, I don't know if he understood it, but he does understand it because it made complete sense. We were going to church one uh, one morning, just a couple weeks back. I don't even remember how we were on the topic. We were talking about something and you got to show up. You got to be consistent. And I don't know if he heard us talking or what, but a little bit later he goes, Hey, Hey mom, Hey dad. And we said, what's up cash. And he said, you know, I like going to church. And we said, Oh, that's cool, man. Good. And and he said, "Um, but if you only go once, it doesn't work. You got to go every day. (laughs) And I said, I said, man, dude, you're four. You know, you already, you already got that. Like, man, that's pretty crazy. And I started thinking about, I said, man, it applies to everything. So whether you're starting a business, whether you're going to church, whether you're going to an AA meeting, a refuge meeting, a CR meeting, whatever it is, your recovery in general, you can't just expect to have change if you're only going once. The gym, there's another one. Definitely not one of my best attributes. I'll go hard on it for a month or two. How many times am I going to talk about this? And then, you know, take a step forward, a couple steps back type of thing. But if you're only going one time, it does not work. And so I want to apply this to recovery. Whatever you're doing right now, keep going. Have patience. And I'm, I'm I'm speaking for myself in this more or less than anything. You know, I can tend to get ahead of myself and go, damn, man, I want this, I want this to happen overnight. I want to reap the benefits immediately. I've definitely gotten better at it over the years. Um, but it still comes up sometimes. I want to see that and I have to be patient with it. And, you know, I have to put in the work at the same time. I got to put in the work. I got to show up every day. It doesn't work if you only go once. You have to go every day. So don't expect to stay sober for a long period of time if you go to a couple meetings, you know, a couple times a month, and uh, and you're not doing the work for the most part. I'm sure there's people out there who ha- have done that before. I mean, we just had uh, Chris on last episode, and he didn't, you know, he didn't really go through a recovery program. That's very rare that I hear that often. It happens. Everybody's different. I think that's the kind of the point that him and I brought up. But for me, you know, I really had to stay plugged in and I continue to have to stay plugged in to a program, going to meetings, serving all that, all that stuff that comes along with it, reading, educating myself, having a community, talking to people, doing stuff I love, staying on it. It's tough sometimes. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes I don't want to do it, you know, but it's part of it. It's about putting in the work. It's about showing up every day. So one more time from cash Raymer himself the four-year-old if you only go once it doesn't work you got to go consistently you got to go every day every other day you got to be consistent with it um what's another thing i bought some opening day tickets well i didn't i didn't buy them actually my lovely sister-in-law thank you kelly hooked me up for christmas we do secret santa every year and and uh she had me this year and she hooked me up with some a's vouchers for any tickets i think they uh there's a certain area, you know, you, you you turn the voucher in, and then you can pick your tickets where you want to sit. And so, yesterday, being opening days coming up for the Oakland A's, baby, oh yeah, we're doing hashtag Let's Go Oakland all day. We'll see how our minor league team uh, does this year. And I don't even care. People talk shit about the A's, about the Oakland Coliseum and the A's and their payroll, how it's the lowest salary in the league. I do not care one bit because those fools play hard and it's real baseball still. It's not a bunch of this fancy ass, um, you know, uh, top crab and, and garlic fries and $87 to sit in the highest seat ever. And, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm trying not to be a hater. I know I sound like a little bit of a hater right now on some of them nice ass stadiums and I'll give them that. They're nice places. Okay, you got some great stadiums out there. There's some great atmospheres for sure. But man, at the same time, I feel like it takes away from the dynamic of baseball because it's just not it's not that grind that you get when you go to Oakland and that's why I love it and the fact that I can still take my family there and not break the bank. You know, so we're looking forward to that. I got two tickets to opening day playing the Anaheim Angels. Uh, and I'm going to take cash and we are going to do the thing, watch some baseball. I remember the first baseball game I went to sober. I believe it was, was with Seth. And I think if you go back into some of the early episodes, we actually did a podcast while we were driving out there. Uh, we went to an A's game. This was probably my first year sober. And, uh, I remember that feeling of going to games, um, or or I remember the feeling of going to this first game sober, it was definitely a different experience. That's for sure. At the Oakland A's games, for those of you who don't know and are baseball fans, it's one of the last stadiums where you can still tailgate and party your ass off before the game. You can straight bring barbecues. You can bring pop-up tents. You can bring all the booze you want. You can bring cocaine. You can bring marijuana. I'm not encouraging anybody to do that either, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're not sober, I'm just saying this is what we used to do before. Okay. So let me make that very clear. We used to do all of the above my homeboy, Ryan. This is, this is funny. As soon as somebody would put, we'd get their earliest shit, right? We'd set up the barbecues, usually never ate much because I was too busy drinking and doing other stuff. But as soon as we would park, we'd hop out, we'd open the beers up. Get the ice chest rolling, setting everything up. My homeboy Ryan. Every time somebody would pull up next to us within distance, he didn't care if it was a family, if it was a, a dad, a mom, um, you know, a bunch of kids, I'm not kids, but like a bunch of young adults there, you know, ready to party too. He was right there at their car, getting them the shotgun beers immediately. Let's say like it was shotgun, bro. Yeah, what to do for us? Crush it down right there. Throw it on the ground. Yeah, ready for the A's game. Guess what happens? By the eighth inning. I haven't watched any of the fucking game because I'm too hammered to care. I'm back and forth from the bar. I'm back and forth getting more beers. It's not about the baseball. It's about getting fucked up. That's what it's about. That's what it used to be about is what I'm saying. Now, giving you a little look at what the games used to look like. Now, what they look like some might say, well, that's boring. No, it's not boring. I actually watch baseball now. I actually watch the A's game. I actually take my son and enjoy it. Eat some good grub. My beer now is eating a, a shitload of popcorn and licorice. <laughs> Probably not the best best idea, right? But still, I mean, that's we eat, we eat some junk food. Cash wants some cotton candy. We're watching some baseball. We're having a good time. I can drive home. Do you know how many times I drove home from the game hammered? Many, 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 many times. And I mean hammered, hammered. Like where I'm like with one eye open. And from Oakland to Vacaville. It's a good 50-minute ride. So not the smartest, not the safest decisions to make back in the day. And, you know, so going to opening day this year with my boy, you know, taking him out there, being sober, getting to do that and still have a damn good time watching some baseball. A whole different experience than what it used to be. But a much better one. In my opinion, now I get to remember it. I get to watch the game. I get to love the game. It's not about going and just getting annihilated anymore or at that even going just to drink. Maybe, you know, there, there were times when I went and didn't ha- and didn't absolutely get annihilated, but probably not very many uh, that I can remember at least. But still, even if it wasn't a total annihilation, the point of going to the event was to party more. It was to drink. You know, and and I'm so thankful today that I. It's not about that anymore. It's about going and actually going for the experience of what I'm going there for. You know, so and and I want to be clear because I feel like I'm kind of on a high horse right now. I apologize. I'm not better than anybody. I'm not saying you motherfuckers go to games and you get hammered and you're. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not judging anybody. People want to do that. Have at it. I had some damn good times doing it. As a matter of fact. I had many good times, many good times at games with friends and homies and family, drinking and getting hammered. I am very glad I do not do that anymore, though. I will say that. So we're going to do that opening day coming up. little baseball season on the horizon. As you can hear in my voice, I'm excited about that. Love some baseball. I'm going to try to get into that a little bit more this year. I didn't watch much baseball last year just because uh, I don't know why. Probably busyness, a lot going on. I found it's hard to sit down and watch a full game. Uh, A nine inning game is, you know, and maybe that's an attention span thing. Not just for me, but I think we're in this society where everything is so fast paced with technology. Our phones advance, like our attention spans are just really low, I feel like. And so to sit and watch a game, uh, if you're not there live, it seems like it's a long thing. But I'm going to actually try to slow down a little bit. That's what I love about the game of baseball. It's a slow game. So it actually forces you to relax, kick back, and enjoy it. Really going for that uh, this, uh, this season. So let's go, Oakland. Uh, baseball, spring training, opening day on the horizon. Who's your team? Shoot us, uh, shoot us a message at, uh, at real, that sober guy. Tell us, tell us about your team, some baseball action, what you got going on. I'll be posting some baseball stuff here shortly so we can uh, always interact and talk some, some sports. Uh, uh, not so much sports. Let's just keep it at baseball. Maybe some hockey, I'll talk a little hockey, even though I have no clue what I'm talking about, but I do love some hardcore hockey. I love the fights more to be honest, but Oh man, what else do we got? Man, I'm talking a mile a minute right now. I'm excited. I like doing shows on the solo sometimes. I love having guests. I love when Jess comes on the show. It's also fun to do do a little uh, do a little solo session sometimes. It's a, it's a venting experience. And me being on my period this week, uh, I could probably use it more than any time right now in my life. You're probably wondering why is he on his period? I don't know. I really don't. There's a I think part of it is that I feel change in my gut. I feel change coming and I can't figure out, and that's part of my problem. I'm consistently trying to figure it out. I want the answers. I want to know. I want the knowledge. You know, that's something I'm working on. I got to let go of that. I got to let go of knowing everything. I need to just sit back and trust, trust the process, yo, trust the process. How do you do that? You know, I don't have all the answers. I know I need to, uh, lock in some meditation and prayer that helps exercise that helps communicating that helps being open. That helps, you know, but there's something even in doing all that, which I do that there's still something right now that I feel change coming. Have you ever felt that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, do you, do you feel that sometimes when you know, something is about to change, you can feel it and it sets your I keep, I'm I'm coming to the word of equilibrium. I don't know that that's the correct word, but that's what's coming to mind right now. It probably might not exactly line up, but it feels like something is off in that. And I think it's causing a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of uncertainty. Uh, You know, without going into too many details, there are some big changes going on right now in, in, uh, you know, business, uh, personal life. um, You know, and, and like I said, I could feel it. And I think it's causing my man period to be extremely volatile, extremely volatile without the blood. I better just stop there before I get myself in trouble. But you know what I'm saying? Like it is. I don't know. It feels good right now just to talk about it, just to let it out. You know, so here's what I'm going to do. If you're a man out there and you're on your man period. I'm going to tell you. What somebody told me, suck it up and get over it. (laughs) But it's true. I need to suck it up. I need to get over it. I need to acknowledge it first, of course. I'm not saying get over it like stuff it down, but I need to acknowledge it, which I'm doing right now. I'm being very open about the fact that I'm on my man period. And I'm talking about it. I'm getting it out. And then I'm going to let go of it. And I'm going to move on with my day. I'm going to get some exercise. I'm gonna do the next right thing to keep my mindset sane because it's not very sane sometimes. I will say that. My mind is a disaster some days. You should no, you shouldn't. No, you should no, you should you should. You should hear the shit that goes on in my brain sometimes. It is insane. And I'm willing to bet that some of the shit that goes on in your brain sometimes is insane too. and that's why we're not alone. We're not alone in this. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I'm not alone. You're not alone. None of us are alone. There's other people out there going through the same thing See, and seeing that's what the enemy does, or that voice or that darkness, whatever you want to refer to it as. That's what it does to us. It isolates us. It makes us feel like we're alone. You're alone. Nobody cares about you, nobody likes you, you can't do that. You're not, you're not gonna succeed, you're gonna fail. You Don't even try it, you're not good enough, never been good, that type of shit are lies. That's what the brain does. The dark force does, that voice does. It makes us feel like that and it's so good to know we're not alone. I'm not the only one who experiences that. You're not the only one who experiences that. How do we combat it other than telling it to shut its pie hole? We talk about it. We get around community. We go to meetings. We have fun. We exercise. We meditate. We pray. We do podcasts. We talk to family. We talk to friends. We serve others. We help. We get out of our own head by helping another person. That's what we do. That's what we do in recovery. Man, it's a beautiful thing. I had a quick story about Cash real quick, too. I wanted to share. This dude is so funny, man. He He's sitting on the table the other day naked, putting his socks on. And I walk out, and I go, bro, where's your clothes, man? What are you doing? Putting his socks on on, on the table, butt, butt naked. And, and he goes, hey, hey, I'm sorry, dad. If my butt juice getting all up on the table... <laughs> And I about fell, I said, is my butt juice getting all up on the table? And I think he got that because there was another time he was sitting naked, getting dressed or doing something on the couch in the morning. And I said, man, he probably heard me telling Jess, dude, man, get him some clothes on. He's getting his butt juice all over the couch. (laughs) And the dude, I got to remember the kids pick up stuff like sponges, like straight sponges. And they wonder that, or they remember that. So butt juice, getting all up on the table, probably wipe it off. There it is. Probably not. I don't know. I thought it was hilarious. Also, what else? I'm going down some of these notes I took here and they're um, a little bit random, but that's what's kind of fun about this, right? We just, it's random. It's randomness. It's a little bit of entertainment mixed in with some recovery, mixed in with some realness. Well, all of it's realness because I'm just madness like that sometimes what's coming. This is my way of venting. In case you haven't figured it out sometimes, not venting in the sense that I'm bitching and complaining, but this is a big part of my own program is being able to talk about this stuff, whether it's with guests or people or just on the solo on the podcast. So I, if you're still listening to this, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. What is your form of venting? Do you vent to somebody? Maybe you vent to your dog. Hey, uh, Brody, it's been a real rough day today, man. Wish I could sit around and lick my balls all day. Like you have some treats. Oh, I'm going to go on a walk, piss on a tree. Rough life, right? That's the kind of stuff I do. I talk to my dog sometimes. You talk to your dog too. Who I mean, you got to talk to your dog a little bit. There's ways of venting, there's ways we can handle this stuff, but we, it's a little bit weird. We're all a little bit weird in that aspect. I'm a bit a little bit weird today. We did the last refuge recovery meeting in Winters that Seth and Mel put on. So I just wanted to say thank you to them. Uh, It's not the last one that they're going to do, but, um, the last one for now in winters at the specific spot, I think they're going to, um, they're going to re kind of reorganize, uh, maybe pick a different day, come back out to Vacaville. So I just wanted to thank them for doing that. Uh, our friends, Dave and Stacy came out. Um, so it was the six of us, man. It was really cool. I didn't know it was going to be the last one. Um, you know, there at least. So it was, it was Seth, Mel, uh, me and Jess and Dave and Stacy. And man, we had a great time. We, uh, you know, we, uh, we had a, a guided meditation session with, with, uh, Seth did a phenomenal job by the way of, uh, of guiding through that for about 20 minutes. Um, and then, you know, we opened it up for discussion and, you know, it's so funny sitting in there doing that to think about, you know, the, the tools that I use now to deal with shit in life versus the tools that we used to use, which, you know, which was a lot of unhealthy tools, anger, um, you know, uh, resentments trying to just block things out perception versus reality. And of course, along with that came drinking and, and using drugs to, uh, to mask it all. And now it's like, here I am sitting in this circle with like four of my good homies and we're just shooting the shit, you know, for us, Jess and I, and I mean, for my good homies, me, Jess, I mean, we're, we're like this little, we're like this little crew there. Go, we just do this meditation them and then we're talking and it's I kind of had this experience like, wow, this is so amazing. Like I'm able to sit here and open up, you know, and it hasn't always been that easy to do that, of course, you know, especially in the first year or two of of recovery, but it gets easier is what I'm saying. The more you do it, the more you understand yourself, the more you feel comfortable with yourself, some of that uh, anxiousness or anxiety or uh, social awkwardness starts to fade away after your brain defrosts a little bit. And uh, really just um, really stoked on that. So once again, I just wanted to thank uh, Mel and Seth for doing that again. And uh, thanks Jess uh, for rolling out with me. And then thanks Dave and Stacy for coming out from SACTO. Uh, We're looking forward to to doing more of those, you know, as, as the time goes on. So if you haven't checked out uh, any meditation sessions or, Um, you know, meetings like, like refuge is one that that does active meditation. There's all kinds of meditation apps. I think I've mentioned it many times on the show before I use one called meditation studio. Um, it's got a ton of different instructors on there that can guide through meditations. And the the app is free. You can upgrade and pay to get more meditations, but there's plenty of of them on there that are free to get going on and, um, you know, do a 10 minute meditation in the morning and see what happens when you do that. One of the things that we talked about last week with Chris Bavakwa from Holistic uh, Holistic Sobriety, the the course that he created, uh, and I made a post about this on on my Instagram. Uh, well, I didn't make the post; I actually uh, copied and reposted Chris's post. Uh, so you can you can find it at Real That Sober Guy, and or at Holistic Sobriety. I think is Chris's. Uh, if you're interested in checking it out, but he he showed a picture of two brains. Uh, just like not real brains, but just, you know, uh, drawings of brains or whatever. And and one of them was a brain um, before doing meditation. And one of them was a brain 10 minutes after meditation. And you can see a difference in them. The colors change. The one who after the meditation was way more mellow. There wasn't as much color going on and it looked a lot softer in, in the picture. And uh, he went on to explain a little bit and he talked about this on the podcast last week that we have gray matter in our brains. This was really cool. I'm, I'm just learned this last week and I'm like, wow, that's awesome. But we have gray matter in there and uh, through addiction and substance abuse and stress and all that stuff, it helps deteriorate that gray matter. But the good news is, is that gray matter can grow back by doing he- healthy things. One of them being meditation. And so uh, he explains a little bit how meditation can help heal our brains and help hear a heal, which in turn goes to our souls, our hearts, our attitudes, all that stuff. It all falls into place. So really interesting stuff. I'd highly recommend it. Try a meditation session out. If you don't know what you're doing in meditation, here's the good news. Neither do I. <laughs> I really don't. And I've been doing it for a couple years, you know, off and on and and trying to stay steady with it. But we all know. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, you know, but I, I still find myself wandering off in my brain and then I got to pull it back in. And that's part of the practice of it. You know, whether it's prayer or meditation, whatever it is, I can do both. And my, my brain can kind of go off sometimes into another, another place. But every time there's never been a time even in my shittiest session of meditation or prayer, there's never been a time where afterwards I went, "Man, that was really terrible. I wish I didn't do that." It does not even in a, even in a, a crappy prayer or meditation session where I go, "Man, that wasn't that. I didn't do a really great job. I didn't really feel connected." I never say that was terrible. It always makes me feel even a little bit better just the act of doing it. So, um, you know, big thing to encourage to try it try it out. There's plenty of meditation stuff on YouTube, um, apps. Like I said, meditation studio, um, lots of other stuff where you can find out and get a little info on, on how to do it, how to, how to do a better job at it, how to do a guided one, a, a silent one. Um, what else do we have on here? And we, the, the refuge meeting I wanted to, to, uh, to talk about, I know David Goggins had talked about the cookie jar. I know I mentioned this on, um, on, a, a uh, the show prior, the book can't hurt me by David Goggins, just an amazing book, super motivating and super crazy at the same time. I'm not going to get into all the details, but he talked about the cookie jar and tapping into the gratitude of a cookie during the 81 miles into his a hundred mile marathon that he did, uh, with no prior training. This dude, he was trying to, to get to, to do this ultra marathon, And in order to do it, he had to qualify for this, um, this hundred mile race. And I believe it was down in San Diego and he found out about the race. It was the only way he was going to qualify for the ultra like two days before. And the dude jokingly told him, well, yeah, if you could qualify for the hundred mile, you know, you can qualify for through that. So this dude did it and he did it with no training prior. You had, you know, marathon runners, ultra runners, all kinds of stuff doing this. He's the only dude out there. So he goes into sharing that and the hurt of being 81 miles in with piss down his leg and shit up his back. He's peeing blood. He's, he's barely holding on. He basically feels like he's going to collapse at any moment. Uh, his shins are jacked up. His ankles are jacked up and he's still pushing through to get to this hundred miles uh, before the end. And, and he said, what he did is. He remembered back in the day when he was young, that feeling his, I don't remember if it was his mom or somebody had a cookie jar of getting this cookie out of it and the feeling of gratitude that it gave him. And he was able to, and I'm, I'm not doing it justice by the way he describes it. So I'd encourage you to check the book out. I think I have it on audiobook. Once again, it's called can't hurt me. Um, but he talks about being able to transition that at 81 miles into this race and remembering the wins and the feeling and the gratitude of getting that cookie of how simple that was. And that kind of springboarded him into remembering and uh, remembering all of the wins and overcoming all of the odds that he had to in his life. So in other words, there's been many things for me, for instance, that I have overcome and that I've, that have been challenges in my life and that I've, I've had some, major wins and some little wins at too. And what happens is through the grind of all the shit that comes up from the day to day, I don't remember a lot of those things that I won on. I don't remember a lot of the stuff that I overcame. I don't remember that I overcame and continue to each day, making sure that I, I keep my mind right. And knowing I haven't beat it, I'm just maintaining it. My addictions to, to drugs and alcohol, You know, I don't, I forget that sometimes in the day-to-day grind. And so what he, what he was talking about is being able to tap into those wins when we're in times of challenge, when we're in times of, of feeling like we want to give up, like we want to quit, you know, how do I tap into that? How do I remember, man, you know what? I've been through something similar. I've been through something worse than this before and I beat it and I can beat it now. So I just thought that was really cool. I think I was getting a ride in when I had, uh, had heard that and I had to stop and take a quick note of it because, uh, it was, it was something that I thought was interesting and it, it did help me to take a look back and celebrate those wins. Make sure you're doing that too. You know, what, what has been your big win in the last week, in the last month, in the last year, what's a couple of little ones that you can remember? You can use those as fuel for your fire to help you keep going. Um, I wanted to give a quick little plug to mysoberroommate.com real quick and just say thank you to Jesse. Uh, Jesse uh, reached out. He's one of the creators of of mysoberroommate.com. And I know I went through this with, um, with with a buddy of mine when I first started the step study. He didn't end up completing it. But at the time, he was really going through some stuff. And, um, you know, he, he was going through a divorce. I know that was one of the big things he was going through, but also some, some pretty severe substance abuse issues and, and past stuff. And one of the big challenges he was having was finding a roommate, the roommate that he was, he was trying to stay sober, but the current living conditions he was living in because it was all he could afford at the time, um, you know, the, the roommate he was living with was a really bad, uh, alcoholic and, and drug addict. And so he was having to go home and live in this environment with this other person who was drinking and using drugs. And it was really tough for him. And so my sober roommate, it actually is a is a full-scale community of people who are in recovery, who are active in their recovery, and who are trying to get their lives back on track or get better and offer up uh, roommate situations. Uh, So if you yourself or you know somebody else out there who is uh, looking for a roommate, they're trying to find a place to stay, uh, it really is a great resource. And Jesse's a cool dude. I've talked to him a couple times through email and, and on the phone. Um, I know he helped supported, uh, he helped support the, uh, the 90 days, how to navigate the first 90 days of sobriety, the digital course that we put out, um, uh, last year. And so I just wanted to tell him, thank you for that. And I wanted to, to give a little love to my sober roommate because it is a great resource. And, uh, if you know somebody else out there who's looking for a roommate who's sober, uh, you can check them out, go to mysoberroommate.com. That's mysoberroommate.com And, uh, you can check the, uh, the website out there. Um, okay. So let's do, um, I had a couple, I had a question and then I had somebody write in, this is Daniel from Michigan. I wanted to give him a little love. He celebrated two years sober on February 26th. And I wanted to share, he, he wrote me a big, a not really nice long, um, letter. And I appreciate that, you know, sharing about some of his story. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but what I did want to read on here, here's a short list of some of the cool things uh, that this is from his words. Actually, he says, here's a short list of the cool things that I've accomplished in the two years that he's been sober. So I thought in the honor of celebrating wins, like I just mentioned, let's, let's uh, celebrate some of Daniel's wins right now. And, and let's be mindful of some of our own wins at the same time too. So he says, I bought a nicer home. I bought a nicer truck, mostly because I wasn't buying alcohol. Also purchased a rental unit. Um, I sold a Cessna airplane. <laughs> nobody in the cockpit with me. Uh, I bought an old Toyota truck and brought it back to life. I started a podcast called, called, uh, I don't, I don't want to give the name cause I don't know if he wants me to do that, but he started a podcast about real estate and he says, which nobody actually listens to, <laughs> which is funny, um, helped or encouraged four friends. Uh, and, and his wife to, uh, to, to quit or at least cut back on, on their drinking. He lost 70 pounds. That's huge, bro. 70 pounds. That's awesome. Uh, I started running five Ks. He can now run a a mile pace at seven minutes and 26 seconds. Um, what else, man? He's got a whole list of them here. I started riding in longer distance bike events as long as his longest riding 122 miles in a day, became more involved in his community by speaking to kids about his career and about uh, support through recovery. Um, and uh, also reading and listening to motivational educational books. Uh, also last, I love this one. He thinks his golf game is better too. I think my golf game is better. It depends on what day it is. Sometimes it's awesome sometimes it's absolutely terrible that's the game of golf golf but basically daniel says everything is better because he got sober uh so man dude that's a lot of stuff right there bro to to do in 2 years so congratulations daniel from michigan much love to you thanks for sharing some of that with us hopefully it encourages some other folks out there to know that you can really make some changes but you got to go all in and you got to jump in and you got to just go for it we can talk about shit all day long but talk doesn't do shit if we're not taking action. So remember that. Um, he also asked here, what do you do if you're not feeling inspired? Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was That's my fault here. That was a question I had. What do you do if you're not feeling inspired about your recovery program? Um, you know, I, I wrote this, this question a couple of days ago, and I think more or less it's not so much about my recovery program, not feeling inspired about it, I think it's back to me being on my period. So I'm just going to go ahead and leave that one alone today because maybe I'll revisit it next week or something or the following week if I'm still having some of that, uh, some of that thought. But I don't think that's, that's it at the, at the moment. I think it's me just uh, being able to, to communicate and think about some things in, in more depth. So uh, we already talked about slowing down, meditating, having some silence during the day. You know, Jess told me the other day, she goes, you just can't sit in silence. And throughout my day, it's really busy some days. I'm on the computer, I'm on my phone, I'm doing emails, I'm doing media, um, you know, interviews, like there's lots and lots of stuff traveling, you know, some days, Um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. There's a lot of different stuff going on, but I did notice that even in the meditation sessions, yes, there's silence, but there is, there's not silence when I, when I can have it be silent. I'm either, I've always got to be doing something I feel like. Always got to be doing something. So I think in addition to, to to the meditation to the prayer, it's good to sit in silence sometime. And I'll give you an example of this. Maybe walking my dog in the morning. I'll bring my headphones. And lately, what I've been doing, you know, sometimes I'll put on like some old. I've been digging on some old twenties and like thirties jazz. Like while I'm getting ready, while I'm walking, while I'm working, it just helps to really relax and and uh you know get in that kind of smooth mood, if you'd say. It's a good way to describe it. I guess I'm feeling good. I'm feeling nice and chill. And even so, that's a good example of me not being able to sit in silence. So even when I've been walking the dog, I've been trying to uh, either leave my headphones at home or just leave them off and at least take half of the walk in silence and just listen to the birds. Listen to listen to, you know, general noises, even if it's cars driving by or whatever. I mean, I know that's not technically silence, but it's not having something in my ears all the time or in my face all the time, like TV or screens or something. And uh, I think that's uh, I think that's something I'm I'm going to continue to work on and do uh, as as I kind of go forward in the next uh, you know next couple of weeks and um, try to sit back a little bit. I need some silence. I need a little bit of thought provoking silence. I hate my phone. I do. Remember, <laughs> I was said remember. I'm sure Jess would remember when I threw my phone out the window like a little baby a couple months ago. She was giving me shit about being on my phone. I said, fine, and I threw it out the window. <laughs> and then I laughed because I realized how, how just ridiculous I was in that moment. So I drove around the block like a dumbass, got back out and picked it up all shameful. She laughed at me, told me I was an idiot, which she was right. Um, you know, but I do, I do. I feel like that sometimes. Just, I just want to throw that thing away. I just want to throw it in the garbage. You know, but at the same time, it's my work. My a lot of my work is on my phone, so it's like that balance. How do you find it? And uh, I don't know. I'll let you know if I ever figure it out, though. Let me know if you figured it out too. Uh, shoot us a message and let me know, because I would love to help understand that. Um, all right, we're gonna wrap this thing up in just a minute here. Um, we have a question from Demo in Australia. And I think I'm saying that right, De- Demo. And my apologies if I'm not. And you can correct me later because I know we chat sometimes on Insta. Um, and I wanted to tell you, bro, too. By the way, you Aussies, man, are some tough bastards on Beastmaster. I don't know if you watch that show, but our family, we have a Beastmaster night where we sit and we watch uh, Beastmaster. And basically, if you're not familiar with it, it's like a huge kung fu acrobatic, gnarly, climbing, running, jumping obstacle course. And they have like eight or 10 different countries involved in it. And each country has a team. And it's funny. They have commentators. I think uh, CM Punk and um, uh, man, who's the other announcer? He's a football player. Uh, Is it Tiki Barber? I think it's Tiki Barber who hosts it for uh, the American team. And then each country has its own host. And, uh, you know, they go through, they do the obstacle course, they got to get points, but the Aussies in the last season we watched absolutely shredded it. And, uh, I just want to say, man, y'all some tough bastards out there just killing it. Uh, so anyways, Damo says, um, I wanted to ask some advice when you go out and everyone's drinking, I'm still finding it hard to relax and have a good time. My wife still drinks when we go out. And she doesn't drink much, only uh, only if there's stuff going on, maybe a party, something like that. I just feel like I'm judging her and everyone else because they're drunk and having fun, and I find I get the shits about it. Any advice would be awesome. So, dude, I totally, totally understand, man. I, I still, um, you know, even after five years, over five years of being sober, I still have some of those feelings sometimes too, man. I don't know that they, that they 100% go away. Uh, at least for me, they haven't yet. Are they a lot better? Yeah, because I don't take anybody's inventory anymore for the most part. I, you know, every once in a while I can be an ass and and I try to catch myself when I'm doing that. Look at this motherfucker. He's, he's, he needs to get some. You know, that's not I shouldn't be doing that. It's not for me to do. It's not for me to worry about. Um, I think it's a natural reaction, especially if you're not drunk or partying. Uh, to do that. So I wouldn't beat yourself up over it about kind of taking that inventory. I think a part of it is, is we're jealous, man. We're jealous that we're still not able to have fun and do that. Sometimes I am sometimes I go, man, I wish I could have a few beers. I wish I could still party a little bit and have a good time. You know, I think those feelings for me are normal and I acknowledge them now. And then I go, you know what? Wait a minute. No, I don't. When I really think about it, I don't want to wake up feeling like dog shit tomorrow. I don't need a substance to help bring out my personality and to help make me feel relaxed. I can do that now on my own because I know myself a lot better. You know, uh, I think it comes with time for, you know, for me, at least it's, it's came with some time. It's gotten better. Um, I try not to put myself in positions where I know that there's going to be people uh, unless I have to be there you know, maybe it's a wedding or something. I mean, obviously you're going to get drunk people and you're going to have people drinking at weddings for the most part. Uh, so you're going to have, you can't hide from it forever. Uh, you're going to be in those situations. I think just being mindful of them and, and knowing what you're going into beforehand is, is huge. Uh, you know, I, I usually do the escape route plan. If I got to bounce, I let my wife know ahead of time. I might have to take off early if this gets a little ridiculous or I'm not feeling it. Um, As far as your wife drinking too, you know, Jess still has a couple drinks every now and again, and uh, I don't think she'll mind me saying this. And, and, uh, you know, she's had, she struggled from migraines really, really bad. And one of the thing that's one of the things that's helped her is CBD oil with THC in it, mind you. And it's not a, it's not a thing to get high on. Uh, it's her to, to, to help cure migraines instead of having to take pills for them which I would much rather have her do it as would she. Um, You know, that, that was, that was really hard. You know, you get them. I don't have an experienced migraine, so I don't know. I've had bad headaches before and that fucking blows. So I can't imagine what a migraine's like. So for those of you who have experienced that, you know, what that pain is like. And according to Jess, it's extremely severe. Um, You know, I've seen her throwing up, you know, for, for a long period of time and not being able to do anything because of the pain. And the one thing that's helped is, is CBD. So I guess my point is, is that whether it's wine or, um, you know, I guess that's a little different because the CBD is more or less for, uh, for a certain purpose to, to cure the migraine. Um, but still I, I, I know that now, does it make me want to go get high? No, like I don't, I don't want to use it. I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with that stuff. Um, but point being is she's not an addict. She's not an alcoholic. She doesn't have a problem with addiction um, so she still is able to use that as a tool, uh, to help her. Same would go with a glass of wine. People can use a glass of wine or a beer or two to help relax. You know, it doesn't mean they have a drinking problem because they can do that. So it's, it's, it's my understanding that I need to understand that, uh, and come to terms with that and just be aware, be aware of what environment I'm going in, going into, you know, try not to take people's inventories um, you know, my wife is also very respectful of, of my, you know, uh, environment and my thoughts. She knows she's not going out getting plastered or anything like that. Although every once in a while, I think she's, she's been out with, uh, you know, with her girlfriends or something and have, have a few, and it's that's not my thing. I don't care. Go have fun. You know, you don't have a problem like I do, you know? So, uh, I think, I think that's kind of what I would, what I would leave it at, man, is just have a plan. Don't put yourself in situations where, you know, that, that it could be, uh, uncomfortable. And if you have to be there, then just have a plan to, to roll out, man, this is our, this is our deal. And as long as we're plugged into our program and we're doing it, uh, the best that we know how, and we're putting in the work, we're doing the thing. Um, you know, that's, that's all we can ask for. That's all we can do. I love you guys, man. And, and thanks, uh, Demo, all the way from Australia for, uh, for writing in with that question. I hope that speaks to somebody else out there too. Um, you can check us out at thatsoberguy.com all kinds of resources there that we have the how to navigate the first 90 days of sobriety course on there if you're interested in that uh, you can check that out uh, what else connect with us on Instagram at guy at ShaneRamber on Twitter Dan and David next week thank you guys for tuning in I love you guys peace, love, and respect the blood i been To keep my head on straight You still say that I don't know Anything about you Oh, I don't know anything about you But I know what you do in the back room And you still say that I don't know Anything about you Oh, I don't know anything nothing you, but I know it's you doing